Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why can't you say tires? Vive Clouteau. It's the same thing. Just say tires. Uh, Where do we pick up from? Hi, Uh, everyone. You're listening to the Sinner and the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. I'll take a nip. This is the center of the Spectacle Drifter, Will Duckins, on 1080 The Fan. Hey, happy Saturday? Is it Saturday? What were you about to say? What? You had a C on the end of your tongue. Happy Happy Saturday, kids. Very happy to have you here. Um, You're just so damn excited because of tennis. I am excited about tennis. It is thrilling. I cannot get enough of it. This Gerber person from Germany. That's Kerber. That's what I said. You said Gerber as in the baby food. Oh, she's not baby food person? I don't know. I actually did just switch it on. Which, by the way, wouldn't that be amazing if Gerber went after Kerber to do an endorsement campaign? Yeah, well, you were just telling me about the uh, top uh, men's player uh, that is uh, Cup of Noodle. And he happens to be an Asian gentleman. Wow. Did you not mention that? I did mention that. Kenny Shikori, which, by the way, we'll just preface this right now. I know more about tennis than I think anybody here at the station. Maybe I Swag. hope so. You, Swag might know a little bit more. Really? He, he possibly could. Swag, Swag knows, knows more about tennis. everything than everybody, yeah. though. Well, yeah. anyways. Uh, Kenny Shikori, who's a Japanese player, uh, is actually sponsored by Cup of Noodle on his shirt. There you go. On his shirt. He just wears a cup of noodle shirt out there. It's not a cup of noodle shirt, but he's got a little tag thing that says <laughs> no, cup picture, of noodle on I it. I picture him wearing like a cup of noodle, like graphic tee. You think it's just like... Uh, With a, and it, he wears like a collared shirt underneath it. The torso is the cup of noodle yeah. actual cup. And then uh, he's got a headband and then he dyes his hair uh, bright bright yellow for the noodles. Well, I don't know. Maybe. I just picture it being one of those emoji shirts where it's like a cup of noodle with a little you know, Japanese smile on it. So this entire week, everybody at the fan, I think, has just been butchering tennis. Oh, I'm sure. I'm confident. And I don't uh, I don't plan on pretending to be a, a expert on tennis, uh, just like I don't pretend to be an expert on soccer or basketball or football or anything. Or sports. I guess sports in general, to be, to be fair. Um, but, yeah, you got Wimbledon going on. We've got uh, the World Cup finals tomorrow. Ooh. I know. They do the third and fourth place game today, I think. Uh, I don't know that. Now, did they save those tie kids? They did. The tie kids have been saved. World Cup's over. (laughs) 
That that, that I was mean, the only thing that kept you interested in the World Cup. But wasn't that the most interesting part of the World Cup? No, it was. I it was fascinated by the fact that the World Cup had had grabbed the like. It, you realize how big an event is when you're captured in a cave and the rescuers get there and they're like, "Who's winning the World Cup?" Yeah, but it feels like that whole story was connected to the World Cup, and there's nothing else that was intriguing about it. No, I just think that's just you being a dumb American. What? Yeah, you got it. Look, Peyton Manning wasn't on there throwing touchdowns, so I didn't have a lot of time to focus. Exactly. They don't even use their hands. Some of that. Idiots. I was talking to somebody this week from Australia about the World Cup. Where are the cheerleaders? Where are the cheerleaders? Talking to somebody from Australia this week about the World Cup, and uh, they brought up an interesting point uh, that I would have never considered. Do you know how many rule changes there have been in soccer in the last 100 years? Hmm. Am I going high or low here? You tell me. <laughs> uh, all right. The fact that you don't like that just right there. I mean, that that's, you know, I that's wanna, a perfect answer. I'm trying like, to anticipate what kind of number I'm going to throw out here. <laughs> I know, but you don't even know which direction to go. Oh, hell. Give me three. <laughs> one. But oh, one I'm not rule, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're pretty good guess. So one rule change, which is uh, apparently when you kick the ball back to your own goalie, they used to be able to use their hands. And now if you pass it back to your goalie, they can only use their feet. So that used to be they huh. would just you drive it back. That's the only rule change that's happened, according to this guy. And I haven't researched it because pff, why would I do that? I wonder why the hell they did that. Well, because they were doing it too often. It was just such an easy way to get out of anything. You just kick it back, and then the guy punts it out. Whatever. Anyways, there's been one rule change. Doesn't it feel like in American sports there's like five or six rule changes every year? Yeah, because people are super impatient. Yeah, and they always try to find an excuse for why their team's losing. And this is kind of the the big difference between soccer and what we have. Like the NFL this year is going to be drastically dr different. I mean, drastically. Yeah. It, depending on what happens and the way they actually officiate this helmet down rule and the kickoff, those are two huge changes. Which, by the way, you can't help that. Like there's no helping the whole helmet thing. Like take it from somebody who's played football a while. Uh you don't just tackle people with your head up. You, you don't because your natural human reaction is that I'm going to F this dude up and I'm going to put my whole body into it. And naturally you might put your head down a little bit. Well, but also this dude's going to F me up. I'm going to put my head down a little bit. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? I'm like, getting in the fetal it's, it's position. Kind of, yeah. It's kind of a defensive position yes. is, is head down. It is what, are you supposed to do? what are you supposed to do in a plane crash? Uh, you're down. supposed to very calmly uh, take the oxygen. No, no, mask, but no, but but like in the crash, assume the crash your position face and punch the kid to your. I left. think that's when you lose pressure when the cabin. You punch a kid He's next to you, screaming, "Shut up!" You ever been on an airplane? Trying to breathe. Yeah, you put your head between your knees, your head and neck down. I guess is my point. All right, I've never been in a plane crash. <laughs> I guess neither have I. If you could, if Wouldn't you knew you'd die, if you knew you could survive, would you want to be in a plane crash? Man, I mean, nobody else survives on the plane. Obviously. So I'm the only one, <laughs> the lone survivor. Am I messed up afterwards? No, you're good. Physically? You walk away. People are like, "What happened? How did this guy walk away clean?" Oh, I don't know if I want that kind no, of attention. Neither do I. Because you know they're gonna say like, "Oh, well, let's see here. I'm pretty sure you caused the crash. Like, how the hell am I walking <laughs> away unscathed <laughs> you, from that thing, and I didn't plan it?" it. Yeah, they're going to have questions for me. Like, do you remember the um, 
what was it? The Summer Olympics in Atlanta, right? You remember that bombing? Oh, yeah. And then the guy who, I forget, he had, like, he was there, like, with perfect timing. It was some worker uh, and rescued a bunch of these people after the bombing happened. Um, investigators in the media were like, how the hell were you there with such perfect timing? And, and he they became started, a suspect. Yeah, he started to become a suspect. Like he blew up everything so he could save people. I do not yeah. remember that at all. Yes, dude. I'll, wow. I'll look this up. I'll get the better part of the story. But yeah, yeah, I would be a little scared of that. Now, if I could write a book about, hey, I survived a plane crash by Will Darkens and make millions of dollars off of it. Ooh, then the movie. Yeah, maybe. Don't forget the movie rights because, hey, where does the plane crash? Probably doesn't crash in a city. You're in a remote area. And then yes. you have to then you have to crawl out of, you know, the 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 canyon you're in in the middle of Wyoming. And then there's a whole adventure there. Now, do you have to I wrestle know, a bear? Do I know as I'm on the plane that I'm going to survive this thing? Yes. You well, no, you know in advance, but it, it, oh, I'm doing it then. Yeah, yeah. But here's Can the you thing. Imagine the rush. But here's the thing: the year a year later, you die from the flu. Something mundane gets you. Do I get to spend the money before I die? Oh, maybe. Did you miss me last week? This show is a little bit already a little scattered. Show was great. Cow. Well, thank you. I appreciate hot tennis that. talk. Hot, hot surviving a plane we crash went, talk. We went from tennis to football to soccer to or soccer to football to plane crashes, and now we'll get to the most important thing. Did you do this last week? Did you and Rashad uh, do the? In case you missed it, no, no, All we right. didn't. Well, it's we been make, missed. I wish I would have known. Uh, we have to make up for two weeks, but we've got uh, all the week's news for all those people that listen to this exclusive this show exclusively for your sports news we bring you a segment we call in case you missed it all right thank you glad to be back in case you missed it this week the blazers are still perfect in summer league play they beat the atlanta hawks 95 69 on thursday to go to 4-0 in summer league play for anybody that's worried that the young talent on the Blazers roster won't help elevate this team's chances to win a championship, you look no further than summer league competition where guys that will probably never actually play in the NBA and real guys with real potential are limited minutes and teams actively tank so they don't have to play more games. I think that will show you that Jake Lehman is a candidate for MVP. He looks all right. I know it's summer league. <laughs> Hey, I liked, hold on now. I like that I went a little bit hyperbolic, but you're like, no, you're pretty good. It looks pretty all, all right. right. It's gonna be, yeah, so did Pat Connaughton. Dude, do you know there is legitimate <laughs> conversation out there on uh, Blazers message boards of people like, yeah, I think Wade Baldwin should get in this season. <laughs> Watch out for Jake Lehman. He uh, had 20. He had 20. Uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> Have you seen uh, Zach Collins out there? I'm pretty hopeful about the future. That was a little wordy, but uh, yeah, Jake Lehman, uh, yeah, he probably not going to be an MVP candidate this year. All right. Uh, in case you missed it this Two week, Kevin. What? Two years? Yes. Oh, but, I mean, in his career, there's no question. Dude, I mean, just, he's, he's played he's played zero meaningful minutes in his uh, in his NBA career so far. But yeah, in two years, it'll be an MVP. Dude, just wait till LeBron retires. <laughs> Speaking of MVPs, uh, this week Kevin Durant got into a. It's not a Twitter beef because it's on Instagram, so I'm going to call it an Insta spat. I like that. Okay, got into an Insta spat with a 17 year old. The teenagers suggested that Durant, along with Kawhi Leonard and Anthony Davis, uh, were not at the same level as Steph and LeBron. KD snapped back and called the kid a middle school knockoff Stephen A. Durant later apologized for his comments and has been grounded for a week with no computer or video games. 
What is he doing? Grant is so terrible. Isn't he the worst? He is friggin' the worst. I, I really Here's don't. Here's your second finals MVP. Yes. Dude, I, I really don't care, like, five years from now, if anybody wants to try to fight me in an argument about, like, oh, who is one of the best players of all time in a decade? I At this point, his talent is completely ancillary to <laughs> him as a person. He's, like, I hit. He is the same thing to me. Now, this is a hot take. Are you ready for this? This is like if Carl Malone had Twitter. Yeah. Put some put some ice in your drink. Are you ready for this hot take? <laughs> Kevin Durant to me is comparable to OJ where I can't, oh, I can't yeah. hold on a second. Would you let me finish okay. where like if OJ hadn't murdered those OJ, two people, I was going to say OJ Mayo. Well, OJ. a little bit too, but if OJ wouldn't have murdered those two people, I'd still think OJ was the best running back of all time. Right? Yeah, I guess. But now that Kevin Durant is such like a whiny like a whiny child. Yeah. I can't think of him as one of the most prolific scorers of all time. I'm not directly comparing OJ Simpson <laughs> and Kevin Durant. I'm just getting an, They both have an asterisk. Yeah, just a frame of reference. Yeah. 2000 yard season with 14 games. Great. But he's a murderer. Yeah. He scored 35 points a game, but he was whiny and like a child. Yeah. That's comparable. Good job. Well done on you. Uh, Leading rusher in bills history. Two murders. He had a 2,000 yard season in 14 games. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, he was incredible. Uh, you may murdering have, people. <laughs> you may remember a couple weeks ago we were talking about Bill Russell caught on camera with the one finger salute to Charles Barkley at the NBA Awards show. Well, this week, Mr. Russell was captured again waving his middle digit, this time at Vince Carter during a Summer League NBA game. If you told me that a Celtic legend was going to run around flipping everyone off, wouldn't you have guessed it'd be Larry Bird? Wow. That's low hanging fruit. I thought so, but we hadn't gotten there yet. We missed it last time. It's fair. It was up. For, it was up he, for game. Plus, personality-wise, I mean, Larry Bird seems like a guy that would go around flipping people off. I can genuinely say I haven't heard that joke, and it seems like I should have heard that joke. Pretty obvious. Again, I missed it, but the second time, second time it flew around, I caught that bird. No, uh, the Raptors are now co-favorites for the Kawhi Leonard sweepstakes. My guess is uh, the reason that is, is someone overheard Greg Popovich practicing his passive aggressive, oh, his passive aggressive sales pitch for Kawhi Leonard to stay in San Antonio. Oh, you want to be traded? All right. Yeah, we'll trade you to Toronto. How does San Antonio look now? Huh? (laughs) Dinosaur liked it. In case you missed it this week, France beat Belgium, Croatia beat England, and throughout the United States, fans were up in arms because Tom Brady had a better catch rating than Nick Foles on Madden 2018. That's how much people care about the World Cup. Madden, have you seen people's disgust with the yeah. Madden rating? Oh, people are pissed at it. And yeah. You know what the funny thing is? Leonard Fournette's going to have his name pulled off. Um, did you see that uh, the long snappers, who, by the way, in Madden are listed as tight ends, are oh, like... Really- are like the worst rated players in the entire game, like more than anybody. Do they have a long snap rating though? No, they don't have any like long snap. They're completely thought of as just like totally something else. I can see that. Dude, one of the long snappers went to the Pro Bowl and he has like a 60 rating. (laughs) Yeah. How do you rate long snaps? How many snaps? How many bad snaps were there in the NFL last year? Look that up for me. Can you No. Can you define that? Bad snaps. Like how many kicks were missed because of a bad snap? How many how many okay, punts, punts were lost? Yeah, how many bad snaps were there? 
Uh, in case you missed it this week, Eli Manning told Dan Patrick that he still has the jersey he got when he was drafted number one overall by the San Diego Chargers. Of course he does. He only sells knockoff jerseys. Hey, oh. It's good. Yeah. It's good. That's topical. What is? It was, this, it was this week. Also, if you missed it this week, uh, Tony Romo made his predictions uh, for the teams that will match up in Super Bowl 53. He selected the Packers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. What? Tony Romo. Okay. Yeah. He thinks the Jags are going to the Super Bowl. For anybody that doubts the Jags will win the AFC because they have Blake Bortles at the helms, I'd like to direct you to Will's favorite Twitter page, at Bortles Facts, where they posted on July 12th, to try to argue this, Blake Bortles is undefeated on five continents. It's it's a, true, he is. It's a guy that you can lead that. Those are all... Bortles if, facts. If you've never been to at Bortles facts, I highly recommend it. Uh, and and finally, uh, John Isner and Kevin Anderson played a six-hour tennis match in the Wimbledon semifinals yesterday. The match was uh, able to achieve a rare and impressive feat that we rarely see. At the same time, it became a rallying cry for tennis to change its tiebreaker rules and at the same time, is the only reason anyone is talking about tennis right now. <laughs> so there is where we will start the show. Will's tennis knowledge put to the test. Wimbledon talk is next. Center and Saint, Tenny the Fan. All right, cancel the segment where we talk about Serena being the greatest athlete of all time in the history of people ever on the planet Earth. She just lost uh, the Wimbledon final to uh, a woman named Kerber. I assume she has What's a first her first name? name? I don't know. Starts with an A. It does start with an A because this is A Kerber up there. That's about all I can see. Angelique. Angelique. Okay. Angelique Kerber. Has she won a major before? Uh, that I can't tell you. You can't. You, <laughs> I don't know. Our tennis expert Will Darkens in here. That's uh, hard. What's hard? You know how many people play tennis professionally? Yeah, a but lot. how many people win major championships? Because this is the whole thing about Serena, right, is that Serena has been the most dominant player ever. So you would think you would know the few anomalies that step up and win a major No, you really runner. wouldn't, though, because Serena is here. Here's the thing. Serena had this kid, right? And there's been this had lag. This kid, her kid. She yeah, had she had some kid. And uh, <laughs> there's been this lag even a couple of years before that where she really wasn't winning too many majors. And then all these random people started winning majors. Yeah. And so it's kind of... I don't know. It's a weird landscape in women's tennis. I mean, obviously, Serena is still the best player in the world, even though she's ranked 25th. She had a baby 10 months ago. Yeah, that's why yeah. she's ranked 25th is the fact she hasn't played. Sure. But, I mean, whatever. Well, it's a pretty astounding feat. Obviously, uh, screw her. Screw who? I'm a huge Serena fan, dude. Well, no, I... What? I'm not about Kerber winning this. And look at no, and I, if you if you're watching this right now, Serena Williams' face just looks like screw this woman. <laughs> no, listen, <laughs> listen. Just in a the accomplishment of making it to a Grand Slam final ten months after having a child, I think is fairly impressive. And I'm not, I don't think it's the oh you know this is this is any way a black mark on on Serena's career. And you know she's played in finals and lost before. It's not like she wins every single tournament. She just wins most of them. I mean, she's right now on the precipice of tying Margaret Court, who only played in Australia in the 1950s or whatever it was, and and for 24 major championships. And I would be very surprised if she didn't eclipse that in the next couple of years. You only have to win, you know, two more, and there's not another dominant women's tennis player right now. Who's who's the number one ranked player right now, if it's not Serena? Because it's not. She's 
Let's check. As you just said. See, you don't even know, but you're a tennis guy. I'm guy's tennis guy. Okay, so it's pretty hard. To, I'm going to list off some names here for you. Hold on. Yeah. All right. Uh, women's. Because I can name uh, Sharapova. She's, that's a person, pretty right? Pretty good. Um, that's about it. Okay. So let's see here. Uh, I will. All right. What about Caroline Wozniacki? Wozniacki, yeah. She was engaged to uh, Rory McIlroy for okay. a little while. Simona Halep? I've heard that name. Okay. Gabrine. Are these Is this from the... the Muguruza? Is this the rankings? Are these the top ranked These players? are the rankings. Simone Halep's the number one women's player in the world. Okay. Uh, a name you should know is Sloane Stevens, who won oh, the yeah. US Open last year. Yeah. She's supposed to be the next... The next Paul bearer of uh, how old is Sloan Stevens? Because it seems like for a lot of years, Sloan Stevens has been the next 25, which is pretty old in tennis. That's what I was going to say. That's a pretty old in tennis. Yeah. Right. So uh, for those of you still listening, hot <laughs> tennis talk. <laughs> hey, listen, we get to it. Wimbledon is going on right now. This just happened as we were coming back from break. The final point was uh, made and. Game, set, match. Okay, here's something I find really interesting, right? So they had this huge marif- uh, marathon match between the American John Isner and Kevin Anderson, and I think that was on Friday, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, so they have this marathon match that lasts over six hours. It was yesterday, and yesterday. then it, pu- it pushed the, the Nadal-Djokovic uh, match in beyond curfew because yes. that was a long match as well. That was a long match so It kind of well. took up. This is the reason we're talking about tennis is, is that six-hour match has got people buzzing. Okay, so... Isner would have won. He would have been the first American to make a Grand Slam final since 2009. Yeah, but he didn't win. He also, <laughs> if he would have won, would have been the first American to win a Grand Slam since, like, I think, 01. Maybe 03 when Roddick Sampras? did it. Oh, Roddick did it. No, when That's Roddick right. did it at the U.S. Open. So here's my question. Why did more people not get a little bit more pumped up about that type of patriotism? Because John Isner has been a guy that's been around tennis for a long time, and you may know his ma- name from another match, very similar, where he played a seven-hour match that took two days against, what, Nicholas Mahout? Mahout? Mahout. But it, it, Isner is not a really exciting tennis player. He's six foot ten. Well, neither is American soccer. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, everybody was like, oh, I can't get into the World Cup because the uh, American team you know, America wasn't representative in it. I was like, okay, that's fine. But when John Isner how old is, is John like Isner? on the precipice, how old is John Isner? Well, how does this matter? Well, because it's, it's the same thing with Sloan Stevens. John Isner has been around for a long time. He's not this new up and coming guy. He's not a star going, Hey, this guy's going to compete for grand slam finals for years to come. This is a dude that's been around a long time, has a very unique skill set, which is I'm going to beat you with my serve exclusively. And if you return it, uh Oh, uh oh, for me, and you get a break point on the dude, and it's over. Right? If you can break his serve, am I saying it correctly? Am I using the proper nomenclature for tennis? If you can break his serve, you can beat John Isner. Essentially, okay. That's or if wh- you can beat him into tie break. Okay, but either way, it's it. The guy does not play the most exciting brand of tennis. The tennis you were watching this morning, the finale of Djokovic and Nadal, had you as a a tennis fan more enthralled than the match with Isner and and uh, Kevin Anderson. No, yesterday. I was enthralled with uh, Isner and Kevin Anderson. Yeah, but no, no, no. You were enthralled with the idea of the American coming back because that's what yeah. you said. You never, at no point did you say it was a six-hour match and it was great. This morning, your sports pants were running over with excitement about Nadal and Federer, if, or uh, Nadal and Djokovic. And if one of those guys was an American, people would love them. Agassi and Sampras 
had people watching tennis that no longer and probably didn't watch before that. But I think here's the difference between what you're referencing with Agassi and Sampras and what's going on right now or recently with Isner, right? Agassi and Sampras kind of preceded what um, what uh, John McEnroe and Jimmy Connors had sure. done in the 80s. Okay. Like, there wasn't much of a lag. Sampras yeah. just kind of picked up, right? Andy Roddick was the last relevant thing in American men's tennis. And he was exciting, And though. that was back in 2009. And really, he wasn't even that good back in 2009. He yeah. took, like, a year and a half off and then decided to be like, okay, I'm going to play a couple prep tournaments and go into Wimbledon. And he was ranked something friggin' way down there when he played Federer in the 09 final. So I think there's been this massive lag of like yeah. zero personality for the past 15 or so years in tennis. And there hasn't been anybody that's really kind of, uh, I don't know, interested someone. Like yeah. there is a guy right now. Um, uh, oh, crap. What's his name? See, this is how interested Hold tennis on. guy is in the up and coming guy that he can't even remember his Francis name. Francis Tifo. <laughs> Francis Defoe. This guy's American? He's American, okay. and you should know him because he's the only other black guy out there. <laughs> he is. He's like the only black guy okay. out there, except and, for Gamble. And where is he ranked in the world? Uh, let's see here. And unless, unless he's 18 to 1, he's not going to be great. Okay, he's 20 years old. Okay, there you go. He's 20 years old. I remember him from last okay, year because he, he played Federer in the third round of the U.S. Open, and he challenged him pretty hard. Okay, where is he ranked in the world? Let's see. Ranking. You know, hold on. I'm, I'm getting in here. He's 52 in the world. Okay, Not there bad. you go. There, there's there's the American hope right there. If if Francis Tifo, Tifo, am I saying it right? Tip. Tifo. If he can be if he can be great, then there's your uh, resurgence of American fandom. But the thing about tennis is there's four Grand Slams every year. The World Cup comes around once every four years. So to get excited about Isner maybe making a final is very different than the U.S. World Cup team, to answer your question. I think people weren't as excited because he's 6'10", and that threatens their... No, uh, I, I, listen, the, the, his... That threatens their... Uh, their 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 comfort level. They don't like tall people. I, listen, I get the boredom, but there's... Is he going to be a threat in the next three or the the yeah the next three Grand Slams to, to make a final? Probably not. You need somebody that's going to be there again and again. And the fact that we've seen Djokovic and Nadal so frequently, we've seen Federer so frequently, those are the guys that grabs everybody's attention, but they're not American, so we don't care. America. America. We got a couple poll questions out. I want to get see how those are uh, trending on Twitter. Tracking on Twitter? What are they doing? How those votes are coming in? Online. We'll do that next, but first... You have a theory that Angelique Kerber looks like Elizabeth Banks. Slightly in some of the pictures. An angry version, yeah. You mean an even angrier version? Oh, Elizabeth Banks is a delight. She's a treasure. Kind of. She's kind of the, one of those sneaky famous people. Yeah, she is. Like, you're aware of her, but, like, she's not... I don't know. She's not as... Famous as you'd think, yeah. right? Like she's, name she's the last B-level B celebrity, right? Yeah, like name the last movie Elizabeth Banks was in. Uh, I can't think of one uh, specifically because I don't watch all that many movies. But I know, she, I mean, she was in like all the Hunger Games, and she pops up here and there, and she does like what is it, Old Navy ads? And oh yeah, she is in Old Navy ads. She's around. I remember I bought a rag from Old Navy recently. Oh, sorry, a T-shirt. Oh, old Navy burn. Did you like that old Navy burn? Man, you really got them. See how cheap that burn was? So good. So good. 
Um, so we are um, we are 21st century. Uh, we're a 21st century show. We use the interwebs. We use it to communicate with our folks. We do. We have a blog. We, do we? No. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. I was like, I have not been contributing to that thing at all. But we did form some uh, poll questions. We threw a bump on the Twitter. It's at CenterSaint1080 or it's at 1080thefan.com. However you get to your Twitter polls, uh, you can go on there and uh, play along. Um, Will Darkens, what are our Twitter polls today? All right, we got two polls. First one here uh, relates to the slowness of the sports weekend and the awesomeness of the weather. It's what are you watching this weekend? Uh, coming in at 5% is the Wimbledon final, and that kind of encompasses whatever final you'd like. 13. Yeah, you have two to, two to choose from, and it's sure. 5% and it's 5%, in last place. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 13% say midseason baseball. Uh, coming in surprisingly at a strong 34% is uh, paint drying. 34% for paint drying. Yeah, people want to watch some paint dry. How about that? Uh, 48% then say the World Cup final. And let me say, if you have the correct um, confluence and uh, measurements of drugs, I think paint drying could be entertaining. <laughs> Now, I don't know if that's what those people are taking into account. I'd rather watch paint dry while being high on paint than watch the World Cup final. Better you today text line is 55305. Uh, what are you watching this weekend? Uh, why do you hate the World Cup so much, Will? I hate the World Cup because uh, soccer is really, if you take it from an objective point of view, a bunch of people just running around kicking a ball. <laughs> okay, but take take what's your favorite, your favorite sport is the NBA. It's just... Bunch of guys running around throwing a ball into a hoop. Not throwing, shooting. Sure. There's a lot more action. <laughs> There's a lot more drama. There's a lot more drama. The entire world will be focusing on uh, France, Croatia, in Russia. It's a world event. It is a world event. You've enjoyed at least the storylines that go along with it, haven't you? Yeah. I Well, the World Cup's over, right? The Thai kids are saved. I mean, that to <laughs> me was kind of like the draw the drawbridge for anybody that was not a soccer fan was like oh hey there's this whole story about some thai kids that got stuck in a cave and it somehow relates to the world cup now i'm kind of into the world cup no thai kids are saved they're good uh i don't have to hear from elon musk anymore i think we're good he can build a submarine to watch the soccer game which by the way it was friggin' hilarious he made that submarine and then posted a video on twitter of like a beta test of the submarine and that submarine was huge. And it's this <laughs> tiny little and, tunnel. Yeah, and the tunnel they had to get through, it's like you had to scuba dive underwater and then get up and climb a little cavernous hill yeah. and then go right back down. Yeah. I was like, I don't think that submarine's going to help anyone. No. We got a second poll. What's the best casual sports shoe? Now, you're going to have to eat some crow here. Oh, am I losing? Sambas, so, Sambas are getting me. This, was a, this is a hotly debated topic between you and I before the show. Um, so coming in at very last with 8% is the Rod Laver. Oh, 8%. I'll take that. Now, the next is the Adidas Sambas at 19. Ooh, that's a pretty big beat down. Chuck Taylor with 26% and the Nike Air Max with 47%. Yeah. And we should define casual sports shoe, meaning, um, like, let's put you in a situation here. It's one o'clock on a Saturday and you're going out with friends and they say, hey, let's start playing a pickup game. It doesn't. Well, no, it doesn't even need to say sports. It's just a casual shoe. It's just a shoe that you wear around. It's it was, you know, originally a sports shoe. And now people just wear it casually is what I was thinking. Because nobody's wearing the Rod Lavers to play tennis, but people, people pick them up. The reason we had this conversation is you were trying to say that Serena is the best tennis player ever. Is best the, women's oh, okay. uh, best American women's athlete ever. Got it. Whatever. Easily. What? Easily. That's so stupid. 
it just you discredit anybody that's ever played in a sport. Mia Hamm is not the the greatest uh, women's soccer player, whoever it is. Abby Wambach, those women are incredible. They've won World Cups. They've won World Championships. There's great athletes all over the place. I, I, I don't even want to get into the argument about cross sports and all of that. But we got into the shoe debate because I, I brought up Rod Laver as the greatest tennis player ever, and that uh, frustrated you. Yes, because it's a very stupid opinion. Well, he's won. Has anybody else won uh, two calendar Grand Slams? How many Grand Slams does Rod Laver have? What's that? Eleven. But and he had a five-year hiatus because amateurs weren't allowed to play. How? Or, I'm sorry, uh, pros weren't allowed to play. Only amateurs were allowed to play. So for five years he didn't even play. So that's twenty majors he didn't play, and he still won eleven in his prime. How many um, Grand Slams does Roger Federer have? He's got twenty. I think that should end the conversation. Oh, I'm sorry. So if, if Roger Federer took a five-year period, do you think he may have won 10? Here's also where your lack of tennis experience is going to hurt you in this <laughs> argument. So the reason that so many tennis geeks think Roger Federer is the greatest player of all time is because of the way he plays. Sure, that's fine. Now, the way he plays is that you look at the time span at which he played. He played in the late 90s. The late 90s was an era of tennis where they didn't have what they call now as the ground and pound, which is you sit on the baseline and you pound out ground shots over and over and over again until you can outlast somebody. Back in the 90s, it was all about Pete Sampras. If you got the serve and you can serve and volley and end the point quick, that's how you do it. Federer thrived during that time. He thrived during the early 2000s when Agassi was still doing that. Then... Once people start okay. to oh, listen, hold on. I, I, once people start oh, to sit geez. on the sit on the I just can uh, hear people baseline. turning radios off all over the baseline Portland. like Nadal. Listen, Federer adjusted. Federer's great. There's no question. Then and once and he got into his thirties, he went back to serve and volley again. The dude is a friggin' <laughs> savant at tennis. That's fine, and you're probably right. The only reason that I brought up Rod Laver was to get under your skin because I know that that's the argument that people hate in tennis. The other thing about Rod Laver is he does have a shoe that is still on on sale today through the adidas store and the reason i brought that up is because in your shoe poll you could not think of another tennis shoe you have a soccer shoe and two basketball shoes against the tennis shoe you could not think of another tennis shoe besides that and you're a tennis guy now are we That's sure embarrassing. No, now you can't say what? that because i'm tennis guy i have to know about the apparel what you can't Constantly talk about Federer's great style. Who else would wear backward pants at a, at a celebration of your championship? You football guy? Yeah, football guy. You're football guy? Football. No. Well, you should be football guy, right? What's that? Because, come on, you're on a sports talk <laughs> no. station in Portland. Oregon. No. You're I'm, a football guy. You know about football. I'm random hey, you sports tell guy. Me, you tell me about the latest <laughs> cleat. Which, are you talking about the Adidas uh, Hypermax that, uh, that you had to wear to win the island? Is that the one you're talking about? The coolest cleat right now. Just don't just you. throw that I out just, because it was a news story because you could win I, an island. Listen, I'm it. still going with that. I, I don't think that's I don't the think name that's of the right. cleat. Shut up. Get out of here. Right. I don't know. Not only do I not know, I don't care. Um, here's what we need to do. I do want to talk about football, though, because I am curious to get more. Uh, you started to kind of go down that rabbit hole, but there's going to be big changes in the NFL this year. We're less than a week away from camps opening up. People are going to have to relearn how to tackle, relearn how to run through uh, through the line of scrimmage. If you can't lower your head, what's that going to mean? How much will the kickoff rules change things? And we see another young player walk away from the game uh, in what seems to be at least close to their prime. Uh, so NFL news and notes, we'll do that. Uh, but first, we have to get to good versus evil. And that is next. You're listening to The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. 
Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the... What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. Let the sinner and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil. Brought to you by the titan of Hawaiian restaurants, 808 on 1080 The Fan. No, I don't think he seriously considered them. I think he considered them. He saw two teams face-to-face. He saw the Cavaliers' owner face-to-face, and he saw Pat Ryan and Andy Ellisberg face-to-face. The team he was leaving and the team he was going to. This year... He only met one team face-to-face. He only talked to two teams, the team he was leaving and the team he was going to. That was animated giant circle with skin, Brian Windhurst. He's talking about the never-ending NBA drama that is LeBron James. We could probably just talk about LeBron James all day, every day, and people would tune in. Windhorst went on the Dan Levitard show and this week and scoffed at the idea that the King quote unquote seriously considered joining the Philadelphia 76ers in an interview with ESPN Sixers manager partner, Josh Harris said, James, again, quote, seriously considered us very strongly. <laughs> do you believe the process? No, I hate the process. You're an idiot. Why do you keep bringing that up? No, I mean, no, do you I believe understand. the process? What's that? Do you believe the process? Uh, yeah, you're you're using the process as a noun for who they are now. They're going to be the Philadelphia process very soon. Um, no, I think I think whatever they're trying to do is a PR move. I mean, we just talked about this uh, earlier. I've talked about it all week. LeBron went to the Lakers because he wants to be in L.A. That's it. That's where he wants to be. He wants to be with a historic franchise where they're going to let him have time to win a championship. If they don't make the playoffs this year, nobody's going to be upset because they have LeBron. The Lakers are showmen. They want to have a reason to show up at Staples Center. LeBron James, for now, is enough. Now, in in you know two or three years, if they're not competing for championships, they'll run him out with pitchforks. But for right now, just having LeBron there is enough. It's racist. Why? Disappointment for us, disappointment for him, that that's what he would say, and disappointment that at this day and age, unfortunately, that's that's something that was said. That was this year's winner of the hardest name to say, Nelly Pendapudi. Well done. Not bad. I don't know what the name is. She's also the president of the University of Louisville, and they're just one of the outraged sponsors of the Papa John scandal that hit this past week. The company's founder and CEO, John Schnatter, by the way, good on him for getting as far as he did with that name no kidding was reported to make a racial slur during a phone call ironically the call was about how to avoid hr disasters isn't that great Uh, publicity disasters the mariners seahawks nationals and university of uh, louisville have all pulled his likeness from their branding whether it be stadiums or teams what would you make the new mascot of papa john's Ooh boy i had a really good one somebody said uh do mama murphy's <laughs> Ma- mama mama johns or mama johns yeah mama johns maybe mama john could be scolding uh papa john for being a uh, bigot in uh, the commercials yeah jeez what do you put as a new mascot that is a tough one um can't can't you just make it peyton manning i mean he was their spokesman long enough just bring in peyton manning papa peyton's pizza oh my god that's pretty good right papa peyton papa peyton's pizza which, by the way, am I wrong in thinking that Papa John's is kind of inherently racist in itself? 
Oh, I don't know about that. I Old think you think Papa. everything's racist. Old Papa John's. Old Papa John's. I don't know. It's terrible pizza, though. I think he best fits on the Rockets because, for one, he has an opportunity to start there at the four. Uh, being that they lost Trevor Ariza and Bama Abute, you know, there's a need for another forward, especially a guy who can knock down shots. I think that's the best fit. Uh, fit. That was Paul Pierce pretending to be a reporter. He's talking about one of the remaining mysteries of NBA free agency, and that is where will Carmelo Anthony go? This past week, the Oklahoma City Thunder granted Melo permission to meet with prospective teams, including the Houston Rockets and Miami Heat. Apparently, the Rockets meeting with Melo included Mike D'Antoni, who really didn't get along with the Photoshop model during their time in New York. Do you think he would fit in with Houston, or is he bound for L.A. with a LeBron? Honestly, I really don't care. I mean, if you watch the way he fit in Oklahoma City, I don't think Carmelo Anthony's necessarily a good fit anywhere. He's kind of going on legacy right now, but it doesn't seem like he's a guy that buys in to team basketball. Now maybe that changed because his reputation is being drugged through the mud. It's being booted from a team, and they're just going to pay him the money to go away. So maybe he'll make the fix, but we've seen no indication from his time in New York from this last season in Oklahoma City that he has really the desire to put in the work to win, let alone taking a backseat to win. Like, why the hell, if you're LeBron, would you look at the last three years of uh, basketball he's put out there and think that's a good idea to join up with him? Well, yeah, I mean, get I him understand they're friends, but I mean, dude, you got to cut it off at some point. Yeah, you, if you can get him as a on a one-year deal that's not worth a lot of money, the thing is, whoever picks him up, he essentially plays for free because Oklahoma City's going to end up paying him. Yeah, pro, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, that's the only reason you would take him, but he needs to buy into whatever you're doing. Well, and if LeBron's yeah. good enough friends with him to go, hey, idiot, just be a six-man. Come in and shoot some guys. Not only that, but, like, I, I'm still waiting to see Olympic Mellow, right? That's like what everybody says. Syracuse Mellow. Yeah, he'll be Olympic Mellow. Yeah. All right, time for my favorite story of the week. And this one comes from South Beach, Florida. Ooh, I'm excited already. I'm going to play some sound for you here, and this is courtesy of the ABC affiliate WPLG Channel 10 Local News in Miami. I want you to uh, take a listen to this uh, hot news story. Okay. A homeless man now sits in jail for allegedly stabbing a man on South Beach. Jonathan Crenshaw is known by some locals for painting with his feet because he has no arms. The victim claims he asked Crenshaw for directions when he suddenly pulled out a pair of scissors with his feet and stabbed him in the arm. Crenshaw, however, says that man punched him in the head first while he was sleeping and he acted in self-defense. Just to recap, a man with no arms was able to stab someone with a pair of scissors. A no-armed painter was able to stab somebody with a pair of scissors because he was punched in the head while he was sleeping. How the hell do you allow a no-armed man to stab you? As good as the story is, I need to see the video. There has to be video. Now, there is somewhere. video on the website, not of the actual oh, encounter. But of him painting? No, it's of him in court looking depressed. Oh, he's I don't want to see that. I'd rather watch him paint with his, with his feet. That oh, sounds entertaining. Okay, now, but really, though, I mean, that begs the question, how the hell do you get stabbed by a guy with no, I mean, good on the guy for being able to stab the uh, head puncher with some scissors with his feet. Well, let's, let's, let's reverse it. You're, you're thinking about this all wrong. Put okay. yourself in the situation. You've just punched an armless man in the head. I'm probably angry. While he was sleeping. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure there's a reason. What do you think his next move is? 
I don't know. It's I, not I, stabbing you. You're not looking for him to whip out a pair of scissors and stab you. Right. I feel That's like I've saying. won. You're caught off guard. Yeah. You go, you go, listen, he's asleep and he has no arms. I've just punched him in the head. This fight's over. And then all of a sudden whips out a pair of scissors and stabs you in the arm. I don't think you see that move coming. I'm going to chalk this up as a W. I think I yeah. uh, beat this armless. Uh... I, feel, I feel like, well, he was at slumber and I was punching him in the melon. I feel like I totally won this fight. Look, he's got he's got no defense without the arms, and boom, stabbed with a pair of scissors. Look, when I analyzed the situation yeah. initially, I said to myself, this should be really just kind of in and out, right? I punch a homeless guy with no arms <laughs> while he's sleeping in the head, and off I go. Yeah. But what did I ever expect him to pull out scissors with his Wait. feet and stab me in the arm? No, no, I did not. No, I did not see that coming at all. That really caught me off guard. I would not have believed you if you would have told me that's what was going to happen. <laughs> exactly. And that's how it happened. It's insane. It is. I mean, God. Yeah. Well, that's why it's your favorite story of the week. Well, and by the way, like how the hell, I, I just, I want to go back to this point, right? <laughs> how the hell do you allow that to happen if you're a head puncher? Again, you're not expecting it. Of all of the things that you're expecting, pulling out a pair of scissors and stabbing you is not one of them. Okay, but he punched him in the head, right? Like you should be on the opposite side of his body, right? And, and, that, that I don't know. Also, again, again, get me the video. If we need listen, to get the video. If you listen to the audio, the news reporter goes, uh, the homeless man then pulled out a pair of scissors and stabbed him with yeah, his that's accurate. He pulled out. Yeah. What, what? Where did he pull these scissors out of with his feet? I don't. Again, and where was he hiding the scissors? Maybe they maybe they were, uh, you know, in his uh, knapsack. I don't know. His, his little hobo pack that he's got. I don't. Listen, get me the video. We'll watch it. Somehow your favorite story has confused you more than anybody else. Me or all the listeners. We're pretty much caught up with what happened. You somehow still shocked. More research next time, Will. More research. I feel like you're not taking this as seriously as I am. I, I explained how you would be caught off guard if that happened. <laughs> I think that caught you up. Look, officer, it's not my fault. I thought he was asleep. As as we usually end Good versus Evil, it is in a very, very bizarre fashion. Uh, Good versus Evil brought to you by 808, the titan of Hawaiian restaurants, 2454 East Burnside or 52nd and Woodstock. Uh, we will get into NFL rule changes and an early retirement next. You're listening to Sinner and Saint on 1080 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.